Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church Leeds, based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Good morning, few smiles. Good to see you. My name is Matt Hatcher. If uh, I've not gotten to chat to you yet, um, I am not very good with these stands, and I also. Hopefully I'm a little bit better at leading the team that leads Mosaic than putting these up. There we go. Um, Okay, if you've got a Bible, why don't you open it up to Deuteronomy 5. We're not going to go there straight away, but um, we're going to look at a few different texts. But Deuteronomy 5 uh, is important to what we're talking about. We're talking about rest in our work, rest and play series. The Bible calls rest Sabbath. And Sabbath is to refrain from working. It means a few more things than that. But um, as we look at this subject, I guess I, I have got a number of questions with regards to finding rest in the busyness of life. And here are some of my questions, and I wonder if they resonate with any of you. Number one, how do I rest and make God central? And that really is where I'm going in the preach today. This day that we take out from work is meant to belong to God. It's for God. And so how do we do that rather than just make it a day where we, uh, I guess, try and escape our responsibilities or we have a massive lie-in or we just busy ourselves with our children or we end up doing a whole ton of things and forget God in the whole thing. How do we make it truly God's? Also, How do you have a Sabbath or a a day of rest when your kids are a particular, particularly demanding age? And so days start very early and last a long time as young children are really needing all your attention. How do you rest if you work really long hours? Some of you have got multiple jobs. Some of you juggle like a whole number of things. Like, How do you truly find rest? How do you rest when there's always more to do? So some of you have jobs that don't just operate nine to five, but could very easily spill over into work at home. And if anything, the job's never done. And how do you rest properly if you use some of your day off day off for church-related stuff? Like, how does that whole thing work with truly resting but feeling that you're serving lots of people? Um, how do you make rest? How do you not make rest work? So, I don't really want to finish today with giving you like a whole load of things, and you're dreading the next day off for all the things that I've given you to do. And what do you do if you have too much rest time? And O to B in that situation. But for some, that is the reality. They have a lot of time to rest. How do you use that time wisely? If you're looking for work, how do you make sure you properly rest when most of your time feels like you're at rest? So loads of questions. Everyone tracking with me so far? Um, So I want to try and tackle some of those questions, but in the backdrop... What we're holding on to is that we believe that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of rest. In fact, he makes an incredible invitation in the New Testament. He says, come to me. Why? Because I promise to give you rest. And so as a Christian, 
we can look to Jesus to provide that rest that we really need and no one else is capable of providing it for us. So here's what we're going to do. I had planned to do three things. I'm going to just sort of try and cram it into two actually. So we were going to do theology of work. We covered that a couple of weeks ago. If you missed it, God loves work. It's a good thing. Sin has totally corrupted it. Jesus has restored it. And one day, it'll be a beautiful thing in the new creation. And we live in the in-between time. And so the big thing you need to know about the theology of work is that the awareness that it is our chance to cooperate with God and redeem what was broken is a really important attitude when it comes to the workplace. To know that God is at work and that we are aiming it to be all that it will be is gives massive purpose to all that we do. So I was going to spend a bit of time on that. I've just done that in 30 seconds. I'm feeling rather smug. Secondly, we're going to do the theology of rest. So we're going to sort of plunge into what does the Bible say about rest, and then we're going to finish by looking at some practicalities. So how, how do we make it work in practice? So number one, I believe rest is chiefly about enjoying God and creation and the results of our hard work. Can we just say that together? Rest, have we got it up there? Rest is about enjoying God and creation and the results of our hard work. Well done. Can some of you not actually see it from the back? Rich. Okay, let's do that. Rest, rest is about enjoying God and creation and resting from our work. That explains a lot. Um, after creating the world, God looked around, and what did he do? He saw that it was good. Genesis 1.31. God didn't just stop working, but he stopped and enjoyed what he had made. What does that mean for us? Well, when we are commanded, and remember this is the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments, to stop and enjoy God, when we're commanded to enjoy his creation, and enjoy the fruits of our work, we must pay attention. God is after our hearts when we rest. The whole point of the Sabbath is to joy in what God has done. It belongs to him, and we must think of it as his day, not our day. It's his day, not our day. We think so often, and here's how I think most of us operate on our day off, We've got a whole list of priorities, and one of those might be time with God. And we have a slot that he's pigeonholed into, and often outside of that slot, he doesn't get referred to, he's not really in our thoughts and prayers. And often we get to the end of our days off, having been consumed with all that we do, and we've lost him somehow. And I, I guess I want to say to you today, that is not the intention of the Sabbath. It's his. And unless we learn to revolve all the stuff we do around God being at the center of our day off, we will never, ever find rest. And we, the heart of it is we're being disobedient to what he commands us to do with it. So this is serious stuff. Secondly, rest is freedom from slavery. God liberated his people, Israel, from slavery in Egypt. And in Deuteronomy 5, where we find the Ten Commandments, we find God doing a remarkable thing. He ties the Sabbath to the freedom that was won uh, for the Israelites from slavery. 
So if you've got a Bible, just look with me. I don't know if this is up here. Next slide. Yeah, we haven't got it, uh, the first couple of verses. So I'm going to read them to you. Uh, chapter 5, verse 2, uh, verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall neither work. And then he goes on. Verse 15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So this is amazing. God sees the Sabbath day as a regular reenactment of freedom from slavery. The Israelites were overworked brickmakers for Pharaoh. They were basically dehumanized slaves. They were working night and day. They weren't given the right building materials. They were unable to take a day off. Their bosses had whips. However, in the Exodus, we find God sets them free. And so Sabbath, or rest, is a celebration of the freedom God brings. God makes that link for us. So listen. Anyone that cannot rest from work is still a slave. Anyone that cannot rest from work is still a slave. A slave to the need to be successful. A slave to materialism in our culture. A slave to, to, to employers that exploit you. A slave to your parents' expectations. A slave, a slave to all of those things. And I tell you, those slave masters will always abuse you. If you are not disciplined in the practice of, in the practice of Sabbath rest, you'll find you'll never recover from a period of rest. And if there's some of you here today that you do have days off, you do have those moments to connect with God, and you still do, do not feel at rest at the end of it, then I would just gently say to you, I, I think you're still a slave. That someone is ruling over you in your workplace that means you're not finding the true rest that Jesus offers you. And it's worth processing that if you really are not finding rest on your time off. And that's really important for those of you that are in a very intensive time at work. So it might be a business startup. It might be that you're training to be a doctor or a caring profession, which has huge demands on the practical experience as well as uh, lectures and education. It might be some of you into design and programming, which just sort of extends and extends and extends in the hours that are demanded. Uh, some of you are doing accounting exams. Some of you are just very, very busy in the workplace. And you need to think through, are you working as a slave to someone or something? Or in the Sabbath, are you experiencing the freedom that we can know in Christ? Thirdly, um, in terms of the theology of rest, we need to look at rest and Israel. So their whole structure of the way they did life was based around the Sabbath, the way they did their family, the way they did their economics, their property, their employment, was informed by a sabbatical structure. And so you find that Israel rested every seven days, and then masters themselves were permitted to keep their slaves for six years. And then in the seventh year, they were obliged to set them free. The land they operated was worked for six years and then left fallow for the seventh year. 
And Exodus 23 verse 11 tells us the purpose of the Sabbath in leaving the land fallow was so that the poor among them may get food from the land. The Sabbath structure found itself um, in the pinnacle of the Jubilee celebration. This is the Sabbath of Sabbaths. So seven times seven years is 49. So every 49 years, they would look to celebrate the year of Jubilee where lands and slaves and property were given up by the wealthy and shared back out among the people. So people experienced justice and freedom and blessing and peace, prosperity. And all of that, especially the year of Jubilee, was a foretaste of the Sabbath to come. And so our question is, how do we get it? If that's how God interacted with the people of the Old Testament, how do we get it when we know right at the heart of things our sin separates us from God? So all of us, right to the core, have sin in our hearts, which means we cannot know God. So how on earth are we going to find true rest from him if it's only in God that we get that rest? Well, ultimately, the Bible's pretty clear. It says that you have to repent. You have to repent from your sinful uh, heart. And you give everything in following Jesus. You turn from your life away from God and you turn fully to giving yourself to God. And it's in doing that, you receive all the benefits of salvation, which are wonderful, but also the Old Testament promises about true rest are fulfilled in Jesus. So let's just talk about that quickly. Number one, Jesus describes his ministry in Luke 4 as the bringer of the year of Jubilee. He is the one in which we find the Sabbath of Sabbaths. He's the one that will bring true justice and peace and joy. Secondly, what he does is he keeps and then redefines what the Sabbath looks like. The teachers of the law had made the Sabbath something that was a burden, full of laws and regulations. And Jesus tangibly demonstrates how good the Sabbath should have been. How does he do that? Well, on the Sabbath, there are healing miracles. There's forgiveness of sins. He is at work on the Sabbath. And those things were pronounced on the Sabbath to say this truly was what it was meant to be about. And thirdly, and probably most importantly, his life and death and resurrection achieve the greatest rest of all, when you know you are saved by God. When you know you are saved by God, then you can truly rest. You see, Jesus works on the Sabbath because even though the Father's work in creation is complete, and in that God rests, yet the Father and the Son are still working to restore human beings to themselves. That work in creation is still going on. He's still working now. That's why you get a, a quite a complicated verse in John 5, verse 17, where Jesus says, my Father is working until now, and I myself am still working. He's talking about the work of salvation. So big picture, God was at work in creation, and on the seventh day, he rests. And it wasn't just a day, but he rests for the rest of time eternal. That's God's rest. He's resting in his work. But at the same time, God is at work through his son, restoring people to himself, breaking the curse of sin. Jesus says, I'm at work. I'm still working on the Sabbath because my heart is for people. That's why in Hebrews 4, Verse 1 to 10, there's some quite complicated verses, but the writer says, There remains then a rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God rested from his. So there's a ton of rests there. 
But when we find salvation through Christ, we rest from the most debilitating work of all, which is the work of establishing our own worth through our own efforts and trying to earn our salvation. You will never truly rest from work if your soul isn't at rest. You know, um, experts say when we are truly at rest, when we are experiencing the deepest sleep, um, our eyes go into uh, REM, that sort of rapid eye movement. And doctors in the house, excuse me if I've got this wrong. But that's, that's that deep level of sleep. Well, salvation in Christ is the REM of the soul. That's when true rest happens. That's why Jesus alone can say, I will give you rest. Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen, we all wear a yoke in life. You know, that big wooden thing that would rest on top of a couple of oxes. We all have it a yoke in life. We all have it, and we get to choose in life whose yoke we will wear. And it will either be your own yoke, where you live for yourself, it will be other people's yokes where you live for them, or it will be Jesus' yoke. And he says, everyone wears a yoke. Even if you come to me, you will wear a yoke. But just to know, it's, it's light, it's easy, it's constraining and constricting. Living for Jesus, you have to follow in his footsteps. There are restrictions. We are slaves to Christ. But he says, if you wear any other yoke, it will just be a burden. It will be heavy laden. I do not crush you. And today... Some of us just need to repent from wearing other yokes. We've lived our lives for ourselves and we've not embraced the yoke that only Jesus can give. And it's wearing that yoke that we find true rest. Remember, Sabbath is about enjoying God and the fruit of your hard work. And I guess what I really want to say to you guys is that I feel that we've lost it somewhere along the line. And we need to restore it to what God wants it to be. To Virgo, who is the sort of founder of the group of or family of churches that we're a part of called New Frontiers, uh, he used to say this, I cannot wait to my day off because I get to spend twice as long with God as I normally do. And that like really bugs you, doesn't it? It's just very godly and holy and all that sort of thing. But in it... In it is that he's got his priorities right. And so we're not talking about spending necessarily all day at prayer and all day reading your Bibles when it's your day off. We're talking about making sure that your day off is God's day and that you repent from making it your day or other people's day or your children's day. You know, the season of life that I'm in at the moment is my kids are growing up, and so I'm becoming a taxi service very quickly. It is just getting worse and worse. And a lot of my time off is spent ferrying my kids to the various things that they do, and that's absolutely fine. That's one of my roles as a parent. But the demand on parents with kids the age that my kids are at is to make sure that we're giving loads of stuff to them to do. And so that they're being great sportsmen or they're learning to play the piano or they're getting 
extra education so they don't fall behind at work. And there's huge pressure on family life, particularly the day off, to cram it with stuff that kid, the kids need to do or want to do or we want our kids to do. And that, for me, is like a bit of the battle that we face in our household is saying no to that. Because otherwise, the slave master to us is like having these brilliant kids that at 18 are fully rounded and play for England and all that sort of stuff that the world tells us our kids should all do. Rather than saying, no, when we rest, we seek God and with that is not going to get crowded out by the pressures that we find around us. And that's our battle. And you will all, I promise you, have other battles that you will need to fight to make the Sabbath what it should be. Listen, really bluntly. Is your Sabbath more about escaping responsibility than anything else? Like you've worked really hard all week and you just can't wait for a day where you don't have to do anything. Is your Sabbath more about sleep? And so you, you know, for you, that's, you feel like I've missed out on a load of sleep. This is my day to sleep. And you spend most of your day asleep. Is it withdrawal? Is it like I've just had enough of the world? I want to withdraw. Is it household jobs? Is it decorating your new house? Is it going out shopping? Is it your kids? Is it your parents? You know, all those things in the right order are brilliant things. Seriously, they are brilliant God-given things. But my worry is, guys, seriously, my worry is they are the things that drive our time. And we have lost God and if God is speaking to us about anything at the moment, it's encountering Jesus. And if you missed last week's preach, please listen to it. I'll just try to unpack what that means. But we're feeling a huge sense in that if we do not encounter Jesus, know Jesus, pray for our hunger for him in all that we do, have him right at the heart of who we are, then everything we do is just a bit dry and empty. And my feeling is our Sabbaths need encountering Jesus at the heart of them in a new way. And it's not meant to be a burden. It's meant to be us saying to Jesus, we want your yoke on us because it's the lightest and easiest burden to wear. How do we do that? And that's a great prayer to pray. Take your Sabbaths and say to God, they're yours. I'm so sorry I've made them mine. The word day off is just... If I could ban it, it'd be worth banning because it communicates all the wrong things. Great. Everyone with me still? It's got very quiet in the room. Let's talk about how do we make it happen? How do we try and make Sabbath happen? And I want to be careful here not to impose a load of rules. Having, like engaging with Jesus on your Sabbath shouldn't be full of rules. A bit like eating a birthday cake should not have loads of rules around it. You know, you light the candles, blow it out and eat. I don't want to tell you which fork or knife or spoon to use or which hand to use or how many times you need to chew the cake. You just enjoy the cake. And so for some of you, your next Sabbath, you just need to enjoy enjoy it with God. But if you are asking me, you're not, but if you are asking me some things I would encourage you to think about, here's I've got seven things. Number one, make sure you're getting a Sabbath day rest. Make sure you're getting a day. 
And I realize for some of you that's a challenge. But if I could advocate anything for you guys for a healthy working week, make sure you get a day off and maybe two or three nights a week where you don't have anything else on. I know that's a massive challenge. It will differ from person to person. But you need to understand there is a, there is an effect that missing out on Sabbath will have in the long run. And there's a brilliant impact that keeping steady with Sabbath will have in the long run. And so you may not feel it in the short term, but you will feel it in the long term. Secondly, if the foundation to true rest is enjoying our salvation, then your chief priority on the Sabbath is taking time to connect with God and encounter Jesus. And you know what? There's no getting around it. That involves worship and Bible. It involves prayer. It involves reading. It involves getting with others to encourage you to seek Jesus together. It's crucial that you guys prioritize that. And all the spiritual writers in bygones past, all of them say the chief priority is to spend God as the first thing you do during your day. And, you know, God's a loving Father. He loves your time any time. But we're wired in such a way that I think we need to sort of ground ourselves at the beginning of a day in order to set the right sort of pattern for what the rest of the day looks like. And so on my days off, you know, I work for the church, and so it's blurry. But, you know, I think my day off is when I don't have to do all this God stuff. It's my, because I'm off. It's my day off. And obviously that's utter, utter rubbish. And so I have to fight for my time with Jesus on my day off. I literally have to fight for it. And my guess is most of you do as well. It's his day. And if we are just pigeonholing him, him, then what, what are we doing? What are we doing? This is, this is God himself and we are just saying, I'm sorry, but, well, we don't even say anything. We just crack on. The Sabbath's rest refreshes our soul because there is an ultimate Sabbath that's coming. There is a day coming when Christ returns, when the kingdom of God will be here in its fullness. And in that time, all sickness, all pain, all suffering, all our tears will be sort of dried up, poverty will, will go, injustice will be dealt with, and death will be banished from the world. And so when we rest in the middle of all that rubbish, when we rest in the middle of our broken lives, we are rehearsing and reminding ourselves that a day is coming when everything changes. And when we rehearse that to ourselves, that we're going to find rest in the middle of this rubbish, then it brings hope. It brings life. It brings perspective. It means that we can deal with the brokenness rather than trying to get through it and at the end of the day think, oh God, that was an awful day. And I'm sorry that you weren't anywhere in it. But rather we go from a place of knowing that we have hope as Christians. You know, I just want to underline the fact that in your thinking, please, your next day off, how can you encounter Jesus? Like how can you work as a team if you're married? 
Um, like, how can you work together to help each other find that time? How do you do that as mission groups? And if, if you're single and there's so many temptations for you to spend your time doing other stuff, how can you work together to encourage each other to prioritize Jesus in the middle of what you do? You know, um, Bob and Rach Westerday are a couple that, um, have been around Mosaic right from the start. They were the first couple Pip and I met when we parted the church here, and they go to the South gathering. And for them, they take the attitude of this. We want to practice Sabbaths really well weekly, but we also want to practice the Sabbath well over the term. And so they have got kids, uh, young kids, and so one parent will take the kids for a few days and the other will go and find a place of retreat. And that's for them the place they really find it easy to meet with God. And so they work as a team to make sure that they're getting regular Sabbath in the short term, but also in the long term. And for some of you, that might be really important, especially if you're like super busy right now, that you need to take a long-term approach to this to get the right things in place for, the, for your everyday life with God. So, really important, guys. Let's make sure Jesus is at the centre of our Sabbaths. Thirdly, and I'll whiz through these. Number three, have time which is unplanned and unscheduled in your time off. Be a fallow field. Be a fallow field. It might just be taking a nap. Might be playing. Might be just stopping. But do all those things with Jesus. And... This is particularly important for you if work is at home, like you look after kids, you study, or you operate your business out of your workplace. You must give yourself permission to stop and be with Jesus. Fourthly, connect with things that bring you joy and share those things with God and with others and with those that don't come to church. Do something you really enjoy, whether it's art or music or dog walking or shopping or decorating or gardening. You can do all those things at my house if you have nowhere to practice them. You know, it might be Xbox, might be fishing, might be Lego, whatever it is. Have time to enjoy the way God has wired you. Enjoy those things with him. Fifthly, this is really like practical. Work out whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. My wife, Pip, is an introvert. She describes herself like a rechargeable screwdriver. She says she needs 24 hours charge alone in order to have 10 minutes use with someone. <laughs> so lots of time on her own in order to have time with people. So extroverts, you're not like that at all. You need 24 hours with people to do 10 minutes on your own because you get lots of energy from people. So who here... Who would say they're an extrovert? Wow, not many at all. Extroverts, they've grouped themselves together. Extroverts. How many of you say you're an introvert? Wow. How many of you not sure? Yeah, okay. Too many of you to help. Um, sixthly, so work that out and then make sure you get the appropriate time alone. This leads on to point six. If you're a parent and an introvert then you're in trouble. <laughs> because you do not get that time. And so if you're married, you need to work really hard with your spouse 
to make sure you're getting that time alone. And if you don't have a spouse, then you need to work hard with your friends, that they look after your kids in order to give you the space you need. And that's where we can be a family together. And seventh and lastly, feel free to say no and still be at rest. Your worth isn't based on what you do. And church stuff is particularly loaded. Feel free to say no and be at rest. So in summary, the purpose of Sabbath and rest is not simply to rejuvenate yourself so you can work harder and faster. It's not just about the pursuit of pleasure. The purpose of the Sabbath is, number one, to enjoy your God, encounter him, place yourself under the lordship of Jesus in your rest, and you will find rest. Secondly, it's to enjoy life in general. It's a time to look at your life and enjoy what God has blessed you with. See, uh, thirdly, what have you accomplished in the world through his help? Take time to appreciate your lives. And fourthly, enjoy the freedom you have in the gospel, the freedom from slavery, the freedom from having to earn your salvation. And base yourselves in that place. The Sabbath is a sign for what is coming in the future. Rehearse the joy and the fullness and freedom that we will get one day. Rehearse it in the now. Because we get to experience it in part. But we only get it with Jesus. So I'd like to pray for us as we sort of conclude the preach, but as we move into a time of worship. And uh, what I'd like to do is uh, just ask you to remain seated. And I want to give you a bit of space, but then I'm going to lead us in a prayer of repentance. And my feeling is most of us know that our time off is not what we want it to be. Am I right? Am I right, most of us? Yeah. Some of us, being honest, yeah. So it'd be great for me to pray, and then Marjorie and the guys are going to come up and lead us in worship, and let's be really open to God speaking to us. So let me pray. If you guys want to come up. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would uh, use these moments to bring conviction of sin. Show us, Lord, where we are. We've totally got the Sabbath wrong. Show us, Lord, where it can be restored and redeemed. Heavenly Father, we want to say we are sorry for neglecting the Sabbath. We're sorry, Lord. We know it runs far deeper than just us mismanaging our time. But it, it's, at its heart, it's about how we feel about you and your place in our lives. And we repent for not making you Lord of our lives and Lord of our time off. And we place that before you and we ask for your forgiveness. And we turn from it and we say, as we receive your love and your forgiveness, we ask the Holy Spirit would empower us to be people that find rest only in you. That you'd expose the lies that say it can be found in other places. 
and that you'd find us a humble, broken, but hungry people. That amongst us, Lord Jesus, there would be a deep sense of wanting to encounter you in the days that we have most time to do so. And so, Father, please um, bring hope, uh, bring power, bring joy, bring a great sense of expectation that we will meet with you and know you touching our deepest needs and our huge need for true rest. We welcome your work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.